The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up using promo code WMVP at sportsbook.draftkings.com. Live from the Old National Bank State Street Studio, across from the historic Chicago Theater, you are listening to Waddle and Sylvie on the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. This is WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. All right, let's talk some Bears right now as we're live at House Hall. Courtney Cronin joins us here in our House Hall studio. She's brought to you, as always, by Purple Wave Auction. Uh, I think you'll be happy to know, Courtney, that we just talked to Paul Allen, and yes. he's as crazy as ever. He's my guy. I was but about he, to ask, how did that go? It, it went as you would expect. Uh, <laughs> I asked him a very legitimate question about Kirk Cousins, and he went on a probably a 30-minute filibuster on why everyone hates Kirk, but he likes Kirk. And I said to him, I said, Paul, I, I actually think he's a pretty good player. Yeah. That wasn't the, you know, the meaning of the question. But he spoke very highly of you, so he said to tell you hello. But, he's uh, wonderful. He's one of our favorites. He's great. I mean, the Kirk stuff is interesting right it now. Is. Because, I mean, he masterclass in dodging questions yesterday when he was asked about waiving his no-trade clause and, you know, all the outside noise because – the fact of the matter is the quarterback the Vikings may have the next time they play the Bears the Monday after Thanksgiving may or may not be Kirk Cousins because right. of what happens with this game. They've got San Francisco coming up after that. If they're one in six hmm. going you know, one game away from the trade deadline, I think that that points to everything. I do, too. Paul, Paul didn't want to hear it in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. But it makes sense. Look, Sylvia and I have talked about this a bunch. You know, Cousins is in his final year. I don't know how you feel. I mean, you worked up there and know that situation better than I. I know that Kevin O'Connell and he only worked together for last year. O'Connell's first year was last year, right? Yes. Yeah, they were together in Washington. Okay. He was seven, his 17 season, O'Connell was his quarterback's coach there. I felt like, and I said this to Sylvie, watching that quarterback special on Netflix, I thought that they were friendly, but I always thought there was a little built-in tension between the two of them for whatever reason. And if Cousins isn't going to be back next year, maybe he would think long and hard about waving his no trade if, if the Jets came calling. I don't know. And, I mean, the Jets are a team that need to come up in the conversation, not just because of the quarterback situation this year they face, and they're trying not to waste their window at 2-3. and three, But right. remember, before he signed in Minnesota for the three-year, $84 million fully guaranteed deal, the first of its kind in 18, the Jets were the other team. That was the other team that was going to offer him $90 million on that contract. So they've been linked now for a couple of different instances. And this is this is territory the Vikings never want to be in. They never find themselves in. They never tank. They never finish with less than a mediocre number of wins, which for them is like seven at worst. Like if they're in a situation without Justin Jefferson with a pretty average defense at best, I mean, they've got... Harrison Smith, who's still playing, yeah. which, you know, he ages like a fine wine. He only gets better. And it's it's really remarkable to see from where he entered the league as a first-round pick in, I think, 2011 to where he's at now, and then Daniil Hunter. Um, they've got to think long and hard about hitting reset because they never do. They never do, and that's allowed them to go through this competitive rebuild thing to get to a 13-win season last year. But, of course, reality sets in, and you regress to the mean, and at some point – 
you know, they need to move on from Kirk one way or the other. It's 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 good for the Bears. Like if the Bears could just take care of their stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the division is working out where the Lions are really good. Um, but with what's going on with Green Bay, with what could happen with the Vikings here, you know, it's open for the it's Bears. It's our time. So now, it's just the Bears have to take care of their business. Yeah, because if you project this out, not even just like this season, but I mean, of course, this if the Vikings just fall off a continue to yes. fall off a cliff, and if Chicago can get a win against Minnesota, beat a Raiders team, they go into that that game against the Chargers at three and four, and that could determine whether they're buyers at the deadline oh boy, instead what? of being sellers. Right? Like it's a weird conversation <laughs> to project out. I, I now, never, but. I had never even <laughs> contemplated that until you just said that. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, like. This is the changing of the guard in the NFC North, at least what you can foreshadow it to be. Who knows how the Vikings, if they end up moving on from Kirk Cousins, what next year looks like. I don't. They're not a team that ever wants to hit reset and have to go through a lengthy rebuild. That's just not. They'd rather be mediocre and relevant than start over from ground zero, top five draft pick. Like, that's just not their MO with the Wilfs as the owners hmm. since 2005. So... It's an interesting time because, like you mentioned, I mean, the Green Bay Packers are a team that is absolutely going through a ton of trials and tribulations this season after Jordan Love in the offense kind of hit a lull after that uh, Saints game where it was a nice comeback for them, but losing on the road at Vegas the other night and how how they've got to figure out how they're getting through the season. Even at 1-4 and four right now, the Bears still very much feel like they're in the thick of it for <laughs> – the rest of the NFC North. Anybody that's not named Detroit. I want to play you, uh, and I know you covered this, but for, for us who weren't there and uh, for all of our fans, uh, Luke Getze met the media today. Guys, if you could play Getze 3, he was uh, talking about uh, Justin Fields and sort of this resurgence. I want to ask you, too, about Fields and a little bit about his demeanor yesterday, too. I know you covered that. I would have thought that there would have been more happiness yesterday, <laughs> but there was. It, w- it was kind of an odd, an odd meeting of of the media yesterday, but this is Getze talking about Fields and uh, him playing much better and a little bit looser. I don't think there's anything uh, in particular that we, you know, I say there's this magic wand that we that we had or anything like that. I think, I think experience gives you confidence. I think um, different exposures gives you confidence. I think learning from your mistakes, learning from the things you do well, gives you this confidence to go out and do your job. Um, and then, you know, we talked about two weeks ago, I think it was, you know, the, the, the big deal was of, you know, letting them play free was, is it, is it running? Is it throwing? Is it, it's a blend, right? It's being able to play the game um, to doing what you do well and trusting your instincts and all that stuff. But you can only trust your instincts when you feel comfortable in what you're doing. And I think, I think we've seen him over the last, you know, year or so just start to get more comfortable with what's going on around him. What was he saying there? What did he mean? Because... Was he saying that it was too much was made about what Justin was saying two or three weeks ago that they would change things for him and this is just a natural progression? What was Getzy trying to say? Well, he downplayed the idea that those comments when Justin Fields voiced, you know, I felt like I was playing robotic and you know the coaches are giving me a lot of information. Like he didn't think that that was an important, you know what I mean? Like that, that was like the sparked everything from happening now. And of course, you know, we can look at it from the outside as the inflection point for the season, potentially of 
Fields had to say what he had to say that day in order to get things on track because they had him in a straight dropback game for the first two outings where he's getting sacked a ton. He's being contained in the pocket because he believes that's what coaches want him to do. So if those comments aren't said, are they still running that same offense from weeks one, two, and three against Kansas City? Maybe. Maybe they would have figured it out um, to add some of the elements that balance that Luke Getzey's talking about, whether it's coming off of play action passes, better protection up front, rolling him away from pressure, what have you. Um, I also think, like in listening to that, remember how much we made last year of the mini bye week and all of the yeah, changes right. that yeah, were made? Yeah, yeah. I always kind of gathered that the Bears thought we, from the outside, were making too much of that 10-day stretch between the loss to Washington last year and the New England Patriots game, and that it wasn't exactly a brand-new offense when they came out in Week 7 last year, their last win of 2022, but that... These were changes that they were building towards. But, of course, when, when you have a bad start to the season, there's a moment there you can point to, hey, what changed there? That's going to be what people reference when they talk about it, whereas coaches are seeing this on a day-to-day basis and in the living, breathing ecosystem that is a football franchise, they don't view it as, okay, this was the milestone moment because they feel like they were building towards that for a while, which is kind of what I think he was getting at there. Well, I would say as well, like player error has been my biggest issue with this team, even mm-hmm. more so than, than scheme. And what has happened over the last couple of weeks, if you watch the tape, the, the pocket was pretty pristine for the majority of the night, even against a very good front four against the Washington Commanders. Justin is succeeding from the pocket right now. He's not hitching. He's trusting what he sees, and he's throwing the football in a decisive fashion. The wide receivers are winning their individual battles more, and they have done some different things to try to, you know, more 12 personnel. Mm-hmm. They have done some things. They have changed some things. But at the end of the day, I would say guys are playing better. Justin's playing better. DJ's getting more opportunities. The offensive line has been more effective. So I think it's just a combination of everything. And let's just be honest as well. You've faced two of the worst defenses in the National Football League. That's not minimizing the improvement from the team. That's just part of the equation. And the self-inflicted stuff, like when Getze talked about Darnell Wright today and the growth that he's made. And remember that two-point conversion from the couple weeks ago where – I think it was the false start on him. Yes. Um, like those are the sorts of things. Guys being out of position. <laughs> They're not running the wrong routes anymore. You're not seeing two guys end up in the same spot and some of that I remember a lot of those moments. The By the way, Tampa you know Bay who game. else is playing and playing exceptionally well now that maybe wasn't even part of the equation in the first couple of games is Nate Davis. Yeah. So like there are a lot of reasons. And I mean Tevin Jenkins. Like yeah. in, it's thirty seven snaps. It's not a huge sample size, but he reminded people how dominant he was in those in those instances. And so, I don't know if you can give the team that much leeway of like, okay, well, you figured it out, those things, after five weeks where the self-inflicted mistakes should not have come on at all if you're, if you're doing it right from the very beginning. But at least you're starting to see that trend turn a little bit in a positive direction. Uh, Darnell Mooney also spoke today. Uh, Waddle was telling me that he had some interesting things to say about his numbers and yeah. what he's not getting. Like Stats are going to get him paid, and he knows that. And, I mean, he had a great season two years ago. Um, it's not like he forgot how to play football or forgot how to catch the football or you know forgot how to be in rhythm and timing with Justin Fields. Like, there's just... Right now, he's got a slow start to the season. And I think he's very self-aware of that because, of course, it's not just what it means right now where eventually 
teams are going to key in on DJ Moore more, and that's going to take him away. That's going to open up opportunities for Darnell Mooney that he has to capitalize on. But it it affects him beyond what happens this year and him getting paid. And, you know, he's frustrated right now. And I think the way that he handles his frustrations, he's very eloquent in the way that he talks through it. Like, talking to him after the Commanders game, he's the first player I went up to in Washington. And immediately the focus goes to DJ Moore. It's not about me and what I need to do. And, um, you know, I'm upset that I'm not, you know, four targets, zero catches that game. And, you know, one, what was it? One target, zero catches against Kansas City. Like, he's had an up and down start to the season. But when we ask him, like, what do you think about the offensive identity? It's get the ball to DJ Moore. Like, he's, he gets it. He's self-aware. I think that's one thing that I've always appreciated about Darnell Mooney. And, you know, his time's going to come here. He and he and Justin Fields have the most time on task of anybody in that receiver room and his utilization. Now that it's a lot more clear cut where you don't have guys like a chase Claypool going in and out of the lineup. Mooney is wide receiver too. And those opportunities will continue to come to him depending on how teams end up rolling coverage over to DJ Moore's side of the field and trying to limit his effectiveness, even though, as we saw with Washington, um, if you miss time, how you're going to jump a route, it might it might really kill you. <laughs> Is it me or uh, with the Bears, are things more methodical when they're trying to work the, these things out? It's, it goes back to the Getsy stuff or mm-hmm. going through this stuff about when they make changes that last year when it took them time to make changes. Game one, when you prepare all year long and you only target DJ Moore twice. Like, how the hell can that be? And then Chase Claypool kind of mucks it all up, and then Claypool leaves the building, and then the offense flows better. But then Darnell Mooney gets left in the dust. And and now, like... Then now they're trying to get him involved, and it just it seems like they work in slow motion to to get to try to get all these things up and running. Or is this the way it goes for most NFL teams? I think it's about a little bit of both, but of course, like the the adjustments are based on personnel. So when DJ Moore, if he's facing more cloud coverage this week, what are those opportunities going to look like for Darnell Mooney? Is he going to be singled up? Are they going to face more one-on-one looks where Fields is okay ripping the ball to his direction, in his direction, and getting him some quick, easy catches that way? And then when you take a look at the run game, like they're really injured. They're really, really hurt. And of course, this is going to be Deontay Foreman's time to shine, but... Does that change what their identity will be in this game where, of course, they want to be balanced? Like, you're going to hear them say that all year long, whether they attain it or not. But it's a situation where I think it just kind of feels like, all right, you've got one piece going in one direction. Like, keep it going there. And then you've got to bring something else along. And then something else may fall off. I know a lot of teams deal with that. But this is an offense that's still young in what it's doing, two years in now, of trying to get it on track. Like we have a one in three fourths game sample size of it actually being on track to to know that it's going to stay there is going to take time, and I think that that's kind of why we haven't seen the consistent element of where you can get multiple receivers, a lot of targets in back to back games. The only thing I will say is that like that's been consistent the last two games with DJ Moore and with Cole Komet. That's 
a silver lining there in all of that. What can you tell us about some of the guys that are on the, the injured list, specifically in their second day? And, and you mentioned Komet mm-hmm. and, and somebody that I didn't even know had the hamstring. Yeah, I didn't know either until yesterday. So that was definitely – he finished out the game. He had a great game um, against Washington. So – They were out there today, um, and they're going to have to prepare to play in the elements. Now, hamstring injuries and cold weather and wet weather, it's not a great recipe, but that's something that they're going to have to work through. It does feel, though, that their secondary is getting healthy at the right time. So the the changes today are that Jalen Johnson went from a limited participant to full participant. Um, So that's great. Eddie Jackson's still out there. He went through individuals when we were out there watching. He has a foot injury. And Kyler Gordon, it's, you know, I noticed he had a wrap on his hand today. I don't, I just, I can't remember seeing that with him previously so maybe that's something just for like protecting it for I don't know the elements maybe he'll play with it maybe he won't but he's still he's in this 21 day window that I don't think they would have opened this window for him to come back had he not been really close so we'll see um what it looks like tomorrow I mean tomorrow's a really important day when they put out that final injury report to see how guys are designated because if Gordon's able to go if he gets activated off IR. If Eddie goes, if if Jalen goes, that's the first time they'll have had a fully healthy secondary since week one. And many of us thought that that would be the strength yeah, of their defense as well. So sure. can, it, should we also expect Tevin Jenkins to play the majority of the snaps at left guard and they kick Cody Whitehair in because Lucas Patrick he, is still in concussion? I find it highly unbelievable that Lucas Patrick, who has not practiced twice now, um, would get cleared in time, go back to practice, be ready to go. I mean, you've got to be worrying about the snap count. You have Cody Whitehair snapping it to you one way. Sometimes um, over your head. Yeah, sometimes in shotgun, not in a great um, in great mechanics. But um, you have him doing it one way, and to think, like, okay, let's just theorize. If Lucas Patrick was fine and came back to practice tomorrow, was cleared, like one day of practice during a day where they're kind of going at walkthrough speed, like I just – I find that hard to believe – one thing I like am really curious about though, like is Doug Kramer, who is a true center, like he's coming off injured reserve soon. He's been a full participant all week. Do they activate him? If so, who's the roster spot that they're gonna end up taking from? Um, and would he be a good would it would it just be backup? Would it be obviously for like depth that's super important, but to have like a true backup center yeah. instead of having to like keep kicking Cody Whitehair over, but for Tevin that would mean if that's the way it goes. Feeney's a center at part time is. too, isn't he? Yeah, but they haven't for whatever like, reason they haven't they given traded him for a, they traded for a player that they have no intention on playing. It's so <laughs> We've weird. seen that before. It's, it's just odd. I don't know. I know it's but most Bears fans would say, Sylvie, you're making a big deal. But and by the they, way, you no, could have signed it. Courtney, they gave up a six-round pick for a player that they have no intention on playing. Yeah, and I you mean, could have signed Atari Carter got the run week two when Nate Davis couldn't play. You, you could have signed Feeney and is a free agent at, at before it, season it, two. Unless, unless they felt that, yeah, before the season for sure, right. unless they felt at the time that they traded that six-rounder to Miami that somebody was going to you know, trade for him or right. that he, you know. But still, if you're not going to use him, what are you giving up draft capital on a rebuilding team? Nah, you don't I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't know. Uh, what? How would you vote? Is, is Ryan Poles doing a good job? We have a poll question. Yes or no? Or would you vote for the middle ground if we had one? How the hell do I? Like, I, yeah. I kind of, I wrote a column for Sean Media where I said, I have no freaking clue at this point. I can't vote yes or I can't vote no. We the, the week-to-week nature of this business, um, 
like with Carolina starting out 0-5, the question of did he fleece the Panthers has come up again and again this week. And as of right now, you look at it and you can say yes, yes, right now. But I don't know if Bryce Young's going to be any good. I don't know if he's going to – I would imagine he's number one overall pick. And everybody had him as the number one overall pick for a very long time throughout the offseason. It wasn't like a situation where – you know, in 2017, like we all, when I was covering the 49ers, we knew they weren't taking a quarterback. It wasn't like one of those situations where you can project out now without even knowing how the season's going to go. Oh, yeah, that one general manager fleeced another general manager. Like, but right now it looks better in favor of the Bears because of how productive DJ Moore has been in this offense and what they're lacking in Carolina for Bryce Young and also what that means for the Bears and that draft pick that they have from Carolina next year. But if you but yeah, I I'll always take the middle road. It's a cop out, but it's a it's a good thing to do. Like when safer. you don't have yeah, absolutely. Safer driving in the middle lane versus the left or the right, right? <laughs> I mean I, I drive in the left lane when I come up here from the city, but like I would absolutely be <sighs> middle of the road on this one until, You're not driving slow though in the left lane. It's absolutely not. Here. No. I mean I've got it's a we leave with about forty five minutes to get up here most days. But um good. it's the the thing that's really going to determine, I think, our view on Ryan Poles going forward is what happens at the trade deadline. Because, again, I know it's a couple weeks away, but it's coming fast. If they win this next game and if they beat the Raiders and they're 3-4, and four, what do they do? Like Because Eddie Jackson and Jalen Johnson are the names that are going to come up. They've already come up um, with people that I've checked in with around the league that say that those have been names that they are garnering interest on, trying to see if there's interest out there. If they are a team that's in the hunt, do they hold on to them? Or if, they're, if they lose their next two games or if they've got two wins going into the deadline – Poles has a really tough decision to make, I think, at that point as to whether he holds on to those guys or whether he tries to move on from two players who may well not be in the plans next year. I hear Poles, if they're not in it, may trade Dan Feeney for a seventh round. <laughs> Send him back to Miami. All right. Thanks, thank, thanks Courtney. <laughs> You're the best. Thank you, guys. Courtney Cronin uh, here. Again, would you rather, coming up at about 15, 20 minutes, last call for you, would you rather entries, uh, either this or that, make them fun, make them interesting, hashtag it WS, would you rather on Twitter, send them to Tyler on Twitter, at Tyler Aki underscore. Uh, I want to talk some baseball, too. Are, is the current format of the baseball playoffs unfair to the better teams? This has come up, and I'm confused by that question. And I want to throw it around the uh, room right now and see what the guys think. It's coming up next. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. He wants to run, stays put, and there's a high fly ball, deep right field, Harper watches it fly. Harper, high fly ball, center field, he's watching, Harris turns, Harris leaps, and it's gone! Harper with a rainmaker! And another stare down! 7-1 Phillies! And it's turned into the Bryce Harper game! 
Okay, there you go. Brian Anderson on the call for Turner. The stare down of Arcia. And uh, Bryce Harper bounces back from the base running mistake in game two to dominate game three. Tonight, uh, game four. Phillies are a dog uh, right now. How big a dog are they? I got them at plus 120 or something like that. good value. Yeah, and I boosted it a little bit earlier. Game's in Philly. Yeah, there was a 25% boost uh, today on DraftKings. So uh, Strider's pitching for for the Braves. He's very good. Ranger Suarez is pitching for the Phillies tonight. Uh, it, it is it is truly, I believe, right now, Philadelphia, probably the best environment in the sport. Uh, and I say this as a big fan of of going to Wrigley for playoff games. Yeah, but I don't. I, I, if you're if you're looking at it from an unbiased seat. That place, they're standing the whole game now. They are into every pitch like it's a ninth inning in the first inning. That is probably right now in baseball. I don't even think probably. It is the best home field in baseball in the postseason right now. And by the way, when Castellanos comes to the plate, everyone is actually tuned in to the broadcast because they want to see somebody give you an eloquent story about something and watch Castellanos. Castellanos Are they doing that on purpose it. now? Right, well, like was, 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 Charlie Manuel, the former manager of the Phillies. Well, he see, a, I think he's rehabbing from a stroke. He had a stroke. Yeah. He used to be a hitting coach before he was a manager. Yes. So he was hitting. He was doing a little. They were showing him. Like, the, like taking yeah. some cuts. And so they did that. You know when Castellanos comes up, like you shouldn't do any sort of off the field stuff. So were they do, like, are they doing that now on purpose to know that something could go viral? Like this wasn't like a bad news thing. This was a good news off the field thing. So you thing. think they're planning it just in case Castellanos goes yard? Yes. That it maybe gets more know. play? It's such a good question. I don't know. Hey, Castellanos is, the, is coming is it, up. Is it the greatest coincidence in all of professional sports in recent years? Hey, let's years. run this tape of the former manager who just had the stroke. It's Castellanos up. It's just coincidence? Don't know. Don't know, because previously there have been moments that weren't positive right, moments. Right, right. This was a positive moment. I like, to, to me, if, if when Castellanos comes up to the play, I'm focused on just the at-bat these days. I'm not doing anything. I'm not giving shout-outs. I'm not giving eulogies. I'm not giving <laughs> any videos of off-the-field issues. It's, it's, it's a good question to ask Brian Anderson. Uh, yeah. And ask them whether or not, you know, hey, listen, do you guys save one of these really good stories now for when Castellanos, Castellanos is, is looking to hit because you know you're going to get extra attention? To, it's and then he hit a, a home run. And then he hit one out. It was five, he hit two yesterday, didn't he? Five, he hit two out did of the building. Well? Yeah, he and Harper both hit two. Wow. I was going to say, maybe. I uh, need a close game. I want a good I want a good baseball game tonight. Really, you got two too many pitch, blowouts. Two pitchers tonight, I think, that are uh, prone to giving it up, aren't they? Well, Strider's great, is he? Yeah, I mean, he's he's a Cy Young candidate. Are we gonna? They're gonna. He's given up what? He's given up three, four. Okay, so but the other guy's uh, been. Uh, he's been uh, prone to giving up a lot of a uh, lot of runs. So I was thinking maybe to play the Phillies and the over in this game. What's the run total in this, Tyler? Do we know? Guessing it's like in the neighborhood of nine. Okay. 
Well, maybe. We, we, can't, maybe some... we can't check here. Yeah, yeah that's true. But the, in this series, the opening game of this series was obviously low scoring. It's three zip, and then there were 5-4, and then obviously yesterday was 10-2. So. so I want to ask you this question. Have you guys heard this? Um, a lot of the favorites have lost in the division series, and a lot of people have said that the wild card teams have the advantage because the favorites have sat too long. So, and they're wondering if if it's a disadvantage for the teams who have won all these games to sit so long. But I like my counter is well, what would what. what What's the alternative? Yeah, like what? Know. What? What? One hundred some win team would want to play a best of three series right. to start out, as opposed to waiting and getting your pitching lined up and getting rest and having the home field advantage. The only other thing that I've heard that would make somewhat more sense is making it a best of seven, and that way giving your t- giving a team a little more wiggle room and not having to win three but having to win four. Yeah, that makes more sense to me. Make it a longer series. And, and I like, don't know. I mean, like some teams, I don't know if you want to keep playing or you want to – you need the, a little bit of a break. Um can't imagine you lose after 162 games. You don't lose your sharpness by sitting down for a couple of days. So I, I don't know. I, I would think that. But that's what. So that's what I'm asking. Like, who, who in their right mind would want to play that? Well, especially with how important pitching is in these playoff series, you want a these little extra teams, rest. Don't the you? ones with the extra rest, and they can set up their pitching yes, rotation right. for the playoffs. Your your best starter is pitching game one, and and yes. your and your bullpen is rested. The mm-hmm. the teams that would play in this three game series, you are not pitching your best starters to start the series, and your bullpen will be used after. Right. I would still prefer to be the team that is. That is that gets the extra rest. So this is just coincidence, you think, or what is recent history? Like, said? The last, the two years that they've done this, right? Is, is just it, look at the Braves the last couple of years here. Like the Braves, the uh, last year they were fantastic, and they get bounced early, and then this year it looks like they could get bounced early again. I mean, we've seen the a Dodgers of obviously these, got Dodgers, bounced early, yeah, and swept, and, and I think the other part of it too is the fact that. If if you lose game one in baseball, it's different than losing game one in basketball. Because game one, if you knock out the other team's best starting pitcher, you're probably feeling a little bit better going into game two than if, okay, you lose game one. Like we've seen in basketball, you lose game one, but then you go out and win the next four. Right. I don't think you really see that in baseball because teams get weaker and weaker from a pitching standpoint as the game as the series moves along. Uh, West Coast Bias says start the second round the day after the first round is clinched. You know how they have the day reserved. Remember there was no baseball that one day because everything was already pre-planned. Should baseball be more flexible based on the results of the previous series or does that screw things up too much down the road? Can't you just play Whenever series are done, and even if it's uneven with some series on when they are down I'd the imagine road. TV wouldn't love that. Because, like, you think about it, too, ESPN has the entirety of the wild card round, and now this round it moves into Turner and Fox. So I'm guessing TV would never allow that to happen. Have the teams that have had the breaks, have they been complaining? I know it's a small sample size, but, like, I would think, too, it would be – 
you know, if in fact you're like the Braves, the Braves didn't sit a lot of their guys, right? I mean, we had that conversation about whether or not right. they would be sitting guys when the Cubs and the Braves squared off at the end of the season. So this is if you're the Braves and you know you're going to be one of the top two seeds, this is an incentive for you to play your guys to make sure that they're not sitting out for several weeks before right. they get to the plate again, which right. I think would also promote a more competitive environment. Well, and the Braves are still alive. I mean, right. it's 2-1. Right. You win tonight, you go home, and you have game five in your, right. your building. I'm talking about, um, like, the Dodgers and who was the other. The Orioles got bounced Orioles. after what the Orioles got swept. So here's what Passon tweeted this out. He goes, by regular season wins and then the results of or where they stand right now. Atlanta, 104, down 2-1 in the NLDS. 101, Baltimore swept in the ALDS. 100, the Dodgers swept in the NLDS. We had 300-win teams. We have a very solid chance that none of them make it to the the AL and NLCSs here. Uh, Tampa Bay, 99, swept in the wild card round. Milwaukee, 92, swept in the wild card round. 90, Texas and Houston in the ALCS already. Philadelphia, one win from the NLCS, and then 84, Arizona, in the NLCS. So is this just too bad, so sad, be better? I would ask ask yourself the question, if you were the, would you rather keep playing or or when the season ends, or would you rather have the extra time to set your That's exactly what I did. Like, I can't think to myself, that's why it didn't make sense to me, if I'm a Cubs fan, and my Cubs just won 102 games. I would not want them to no. play in a three-game wild card series and, and with a chance to lose uh, uh, just two quick games and I be want out. I extra rest, and I, I would like the bye. Yeah, and, and then to start the series at yes. home. And don't you think the moment a team underperforms, like if they do scrap the bye thing, don't you think the moment a one seed underperforms, it's the exact inverted uh, conversation where they're going to say, oh, they didn't have enough rest after winning 100 games. Like, I just think... That's exactly what will happen is the opposite argument will play out. Like if, if, if they lose early, then yeah, they like, would say, they, yeah, oh, like if they, if they, they weren't the rewarded. Season, they, it's like, oh, they weren't rested even though they won all these games. Yeah. I, I Look, would, would they rather play an extra round of three or would they rather get an advancement to the second round? In the ADS, you would I'd always I would take rather the extra go. Round. I'd rather go yeah. into the second round without having to break a sweat. Yeah, yeah. It's a good conversation when we have Jed on in in, in the future. What what he would say, you know, or, or like another baseball general manager. Like again, how many series? If you're if you're the Braves, how many series do you have to win to get to the World Series? Yeah, one less series. Right. So, I mean, that's that. That's the path I would choose. Less work, more better. Yeah. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. Last call for your would you rather's hashtag at WS would you rather right now. You could win a gift card to the Pride Store. Your best either or questions. Send them to Tyler Aki on Twitter at Tyler Aki underscore. And um, we'll read them coming up next. And then at 5 o'clock, Jeff Joniak joins us in studio at Hallis Hall. Waddle and Sylvie, from our State Street studio to your hellish commute home. We're there with you, making it bearable. Never mind. Back to Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago. Hey, this is Coach Mike Dick. Greg Olson here. This is Stacy King. Hey, this is D Rose. What up? This is Ludacris. Hello, this is Stick Enberg. Would you like to play a little? Would you rather? Oh, my. That's right. Would you rather? Every Thursday. 
I always get a chuckle out of hearing Dick Enberg's voice in Ludacris. It just makes me laugh. And Dick Enberg uh, lives through what you rather. He does. Never never to be forgotten on this show. So good. The legend. Uh, It's brought to you by the Pride Stores. Uh, Your best either or question. Uh, and you tweet them to us. Tyler Aki's got them today at Tyler Aki underscore. Uh, the winner will get a Pride Store gift card. Tyler, what do we have today? All right. We'll start with Josh. He asks, if your life depending on it, depended on it, would you rather trust the Bears' defense to stop someone from scoring or the Bears' offense to score a touchdown? Got to save your life here. That one. Yeah, I'd go offense with the offense scores. at this yeah, point. Yeah. yeah, with DJ Moore... Justin Fields playing better. Luke Getze, um feeling a little better about his play calling these days. The offensive line coming together better. I feel better about everything the offense is doing as opposed to the defense. And here's hoping that they would be playing the Broncos with your life on the line. The Broncos defense. So it would make it even more more positive. Well, unless it's fourth and, and one. They may have found the cure for yeah, that by now. After after last yeah, week, they're finally going for the three for uh, three last week. The the brotherly shove. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about that, about that possibly getting um, sent out of the? Out I don't know. Of the Listen, I think it's a creative play. I I don't like, know why it? you. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why you would get rid of it. Like somebody may be able to make an argument that I would understand, but at this point in time, it's it's the formation is legal. Right. You've got enough guys on the line of scrimmage. However you want to deploy your guys that are off the ball, that's up to you. Not everyone's good at it, too. That's right. the biggest thing. Yeah. So someone said that the other day on the show. I forgot who it was. Like, New England's had a tough time with it. Everyone really's had a tough but time. But if you look at it, than... too, the option is there. It's player execution error. Yeah. It's not a, a talent thing. It's not that the Eagles have Jason Kelsey. That play is run because the shove from the back. Everyone has run the, the same sort of play. For, well, like, it's a lot of everything. Jason Kelsey is arguably it the helps. best center. Mm-hmm. They've got a great offensive line, and your quarterback is strong as the day yeah. is long. I mean, it all it works helps. for them. But we've seen the quarterback sneak for years. It's the push from behind from the running backs or fullbacks. To me, that is always I is just, a I, for Even with that as as the, the focal point, I would still say it. I don't know why you would outlaw the play. So help me if they run that Cole Komet, uh quarterback keeper with him with a bad hammy. They should never run it again to begin with, but I they need to outlaw the Cole Komet play, especially with a bad hammy. Okay, I'm fair. Uh, that's fair game, yes. Have the league outlaw that. Take that out of the hands of the Bears offense. I will go crazy on the halftime show if they run that in the, in the first half this week. Uh, Donnie wants to know, would you rather have Corn for teeth or muffins for hands? That's good. I like that. that, that uh, I think I'm going uh, corn for teeth. I was because thinking the same thing. I, you got to be able to use your hands. It, yes, I need hands. Um, now I don't. It's not. And you know, they're still functional. Yeah, they're I still think functional. you need yeah, fingers. Absolutely. You just can't have. Muffin I can hands. play golf with corn teeth. Mm-hmm. I can do a lot of things. You I can go to the batting cage. But think, think of the things now yeah, you can. can't I can eat. I can eat, I can eat yogurt. I you're going to have to eat out of a straw. Like, okay. you're taking a lot of things off the plate. Give me the muffin hands. I'll learn to use my feet like a monkey. What Good are you going to eat with your hands then? Like, 
Not you may not. You may have teeth that you could chomp with. Yeah, but how not, are you going to hold on to a knife and yeah. fork to cut your steak? Good luck with someone that. Could feed you. you could have someone feed you. I've got great dexterity. Wait, what about if, if you like have, think about all the, the things you now cannot eat because you have corn for teeth? What about the hard corn? What what's the corn that uh, like you, the popcorn? No, yes, yeah, the kernels. Talking like feed corn, or or or, or, or right, or the um, that you see now as decorative corn. Yeah, 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 it's kind of feed corn. It's what yeah. you give, you know, yeah. animals, yeah. livestock. Yeah. yeah. You could it doesn't have to, have to be tender like a cooked uh, sweet no, corn. No, you could let that corn, you know, just grow yeah. old. Yeah. But even still, that's probably hard to do. What are you going to do if you have muffins for hands? Yes. I don't want muffins for hands. I, I mean, listen, at the very least, I could survive on an all-liquid diet. I'd eat my hands then, too, and then I'd have no hands because I'd be hungry and I'd have muffins for hands. You would definitely eat your hands. I'd be like, oh, my God, I got a blueberry muffins for hands. And then you got no hands. None. What if they'd grow back after you eat them? They, and they would grow back as a separate flavor of a muffin. That was a SpongeBob episode where he like used to eat his hands, and they would grow back right away. And he would like could perpetually eat, eat well, his hands. Now we got a different back. story. So if if they grow back, you would maybe take the muffins for hands instead. If they would grow back as like de- a new delicious flavor of a muffin, but maybe. you still can't do anything. There's still muffins I for could, hands. I could continually eat them. Well, I, I, if you eat, sit on your couch and eat muffins all day, have at it. <laughs> I'd like to do a little more with my life. <laughs> Give me the ever growing muffin hands. Yeah. I've changed my answer. Um, let's see. Uh, Jonathan wants to know every day. Would you rather get one inch of rain and time out? Also, time out. How are you wiping with muffin hands? Oh, I, I'd find a way. Really? Yeah. How am yeah. I wiping now? Some days. That well, that's up to you. I'm just saying, like, if you are someone bidet. that actually values a the wipe, bidet. I'm buying a bidet. How are you pulling your pants up with my muffin hands? I know you're not. <laughs> you, you can't grasp anything with muffin hands. You can't do anything. I'm changing my hands are back to the quarantine. <laughs> there you go. You're going to have to have someone take your pants off and put them back on every time you go to the bathroom. Well, you got to go down the hall here at Hallis Hall go to the bathroom, and all you got is muffin hands. You're going to have Tyler take your pants down so you can pee? Did he rip off that question, or did he think about that by himself? Is this a, like, a well-known never... one? Because I like this one. Give him the prize, but give me I'll a look, couple more. I'll look it up to see if that's a, yeah. a well-known one. Um, did he plagiarize his Would You Rather? Jonathan wants to know, every day, would you rather have one inch of rain and humid or an inch of snow and 32 degrees? No, they, uh, it's rain a rain. Humid. That's like Hawaii, right? Yeah. Doesn't it rain yeah. a lot in Hawaii? Right. And then, like, yeah. An inch of rain a day. Just, that's a lot of rain. It's but, a lot of, yeah. But yeah, I'd, I'd take the heat over the cold any day. Not, a, not, not snow every day and cold. Oof. No, no. You have another one. Uh, your, your that's muffin, that's you all would, of them. Okay. You'd never the, be the able to find cord. gloves for your muffin hands in your hands. Your muffin hands would get cold. I have, I have the muffin hands, the muffin hands. I have, I have. All right, uh, coming up next, Jeff Joniak joins us. Let's throw him off and ask him open. That Say, listen, we've really had a tough conversation here regarding uh, our Hallis Hall set, and then we'll fire that at him and see how re- he Yeah, would you rather okay. have? Yeah. yeah. All right. Hopefully so- he's not listening. <laughs> like he'd be so listening he's to cutting us. up tape yeah. for the pregame show. All right, uh, Joniak uh, joins us coming up next.